Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kirtlandry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. Hallelujah. The glory cloud is here. Thank you, Lord. Just step into it. Those of you watching online, I hope you can feel it and experience it. Just God's love. Anytime you honor the Lord with your worship, the glory comes. Literally comes in as a fog in here. We don't have smoke machines and it's just he's here. Just receive that. Let him heal you. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Wonderful. Let's give the worship team a great big hand clap. Thank you so much, Megan. Yeah, that's the best Father's Day gift you can get to worship with your daughter. What a gift. Well, Shabbat Shalom. This is truly Shabbat Shalom for Christy and I. Uh, we, when we mapped this out and agreed to the schedule we've had for the last 12 months, it's kind of like you coming home, Gaines, and... I'm going through this stage like, what do I do? I'm so used to running. But when you go out in your garage and your car's tongue's hanging out the grill, you know it's been a long one. But God is good. There are seasons when he does this. Many of you are doing it. Now it's time to rest and recover. I'm not a real big theme preacher, like, oh, it's this day, so let's preach that. But when I started thinking of Father's Day, the Lord's given me 10 power steps for dads, and I think it's so important. I think it's so important for fathers to understand how to biblically and grandfathers and great-grandfathers and but how for men to be able to project an experience with their children and their spouses to where it reflects God and because so many people are having difficulties embracing the love of God because they didn't receive love from their earthly father then there's a lot of damage and uh I think it's time that we understand some things about God. I'm going to start uh, with the definition. The first thing I looked at was being spoiled. Because the way Christy and I raised our child compared to the way I grew up, you would say she was spoiled. But realistically, having to work for everything and having to not have things really didn't teach me anything other than because I wasn't raised in a spiritual home with good Christian leadership. All it taught me to do is indirectly was to worship money. 
because I grew up in a neighborhood where there was one side of the track, so to say, and another. They don't have that in an inner city, but I was raised on the side that had more lack, and then we were right up against another neighborhood that had major abundance. And my lack and, every, and having to work did not, I learned some character issues. I learned how to work hard. But my drive was for money. Someday I'm going to have enough money that I can have whatever I want and no one's going to tell me no. And that's not a good motivation for life. That's when I got saved at 36 because after I had a tremendous year and I had everything that I had dreamed of, I realized that I, what I pursued was a lie. So I looked up the definition in the dictionary of spoiled and it says of a person especially a child and it says harmed in character by being treated uh, leniently and indulgently <clears throat> that's the definition and I'll give you what I th what my definition is after pastoring for almost 20 years it's when children are entitled and they're not thankful when children feel like they're owed something <clears throat> and adults and they're not thankful that's what makes them spoiled it's not I never even thought of all this until I started preparing for this message and it was so interesting because I was down at Daystar with Marcus and Joni and all their children work in that ministry. Like here, and I'm watching this, and their children's are, children are blessed, like here, but yet they don't act entitled, and they have abundance, but their focus isn't on money because they have money. If I could say anything after being a father now for over 30 years, you have to teach children kindness and generosity. It's taught. You have to teach them to share. You have to teach them to give. You need to teach them to be generous even when they have everything. They need to learn to be concerned for others' needs more than their own. That's not some children are kinder than others, but all children need to be taught these traits. Whether they came with it in their DNA or they didn't. This is something I had to struggle with because being an orphan for six months, uh, I really struggled with wanting to share anything as a young child because there was that peace in me that was missing that I would, if I had something, I would lose it. And I obviously, praise God, don't have it now. So I asked the Lord, give me 10 things that we can give to fathers that will help them be the supernatural God-given gift that God fathers are, and this is what he gave me. First of all, fathers, parents, are the first teachers and influencers children have. 
And I think you need to take ownership of that. And I think you need to take responsibility of that statement. Because the scripture says to parents in Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Your witness is more of an influence than your words. And what is supernatural in the spirit realm for us as believers is when our witness and our words actually confirm to where people know it's real. Your children need to know that what you say is what you're doing. I had a relative that his, one of his lines was, don't do what I do, do what I say. I'm sure you have one of those relatives too. Second, dad, your life is a letter to your children. 2 Corinthians 3.2 For your very lives are letters of recommendation permanently engraved on the hearts and recognized and read by everybody. Your words and your actions are a witness that your children will remember forever. 2 Corinthians 3 and 3. As a result of our ministry, you are living letters written by Christ, not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not carved into stone tablets, but on tablets of tender hearts. I would encourage the dads to be more loving, have more kindness, and keep your hearts tender. Be open for your children. Be available for, their, for your children. Don't just leave it for the moms to do. You need to be actively involved. It's your purpose. You can do things that mom can't do. Dads have a special role, just like moms have a special role. But dads, take your place. Be loving. Be kind. Be tender. Especially when they mess up. Three, and please don't take this the wrong way if you're unemployed right now, and I know times can get tough, but I'm speaking to you as fathers 1 Timothy 5.8, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and he is worse than an unbeliever. And I know there's tough times, but I can say this, dedication to prayer, dedication to God, and hard work, he will always open a door for provision. Don't go into the entitlement realm. There's seasons when you're disabled and entitlement is there, and I understand. But just because you're emotionally upset or you're physically not at the top of your game, if you will pray 
Men need to be the prayer warriors in your house. Men need to be those, or the men need to be the ones who go into the courts of heaven and have the authority. Men need to be waking up, praying for their family, praying for their businesses, and putting their covering. Intercessory prayer is not a woman's job. But yet, if you go to an intercessory meeting, it's mostly women. That's not balance. Men are called to pray. So are women. But women will pray even better if their men are covering them. Discipleship. Number four. Good fathers provide boundaries and discipline for their children. We do that in this house. We suggest to the CLM partners, these are our boundaries. But to House of David members, we don't suggest you will stay in the boundaries. Because we have to live together. And a house without boundaries is not a safe house. And this nation is learning it the hard way. I wish they would learn it. They need to have Bibi Netanyahu come over and preach about the wall. Because I, I was in Israel before the wall and after the wall, and I can tell you it solved the problem. And it will solve the problem here. And we're not going to just need a wall in the south. We're going to need a wall in the north because Canada has completely lost its mind. And you could say, well, that's rough. You shouldn't have said that. Well, what happens is with this type of liberal agenda, they're going to let radical Islam come and camp up north of us. And that's an issue for me as an American. And as a father and as a, a spiritual father in this nation, I want a boundary there. Because I want my children and my, and my grandchildren to be able to go to Glacier National Park without having to have an M16 in the car. You know, it'd be nice to go to Yellowstone and see the geyser go off and not have to have bodyguards around the family. Proverbs 13.24 says, For he who spares his rod, I mean spares the rod, hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. You have to discipline the children, and it's not the mother's job to just do the disciplining. Fathers have to partake in it. Grandparents need to partake, and the only get-out-of-jail-free card is the Saba card. <laughs> I'm teasing. But it's hard. But you have to do it. If you don't want your children to be spoiled, you have to correct them. How you do it has to be off the personality of that child. Some children respond to light spanking, and others it makes it worse. Some need to have a timeout, but you need to figure out that child and it needs to be done and they need to be uh, to follow the boundaries biblically of the home. If they don't learn that, they become unteachable. And if they're unteachable, they won't prosper. Five. Dads sow worthwhile time into the lives of their children and spend time investing in their spiritual lives. You can't just tell your children what to do. You need to go out 
and live with your children. You need to be a part of their life. Take them out to minister. When Megan was little, I would say, okay, now we're going to go down to the Starbucks in our neighborhood. <clears throat> and the Lord told me that there's someone there we're going to run into and we're going to pray for him. Sure enough, we get down there and the gifts are operating and she's with me as we give a word of knowledge to a total stranger and pray for them and they get saved. I'll never forget one time I prayed for somebody. It wasn't at this occasion. And then she went up and counseled them. She was probably about five or six. And she said, now listen, when my daddy prays for you, you'll get worse first because the enemy will attack the word. But then if you'll stay in faith, then you'll go up and you'll be healed. Okay? It's like five years old. So that's all she knows. Not afraid of it. Doesn't have to go out and go to some camp to learn how to go pray for people. Why? Because that's what the family does. Fathers, you need to be the leader when you see a need. Well, I'm not gifted like that. You can be led by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have the gift. If you have the love, the compassion, and the prompting, you just need to step out. It shows your children that you care about other people more than your time and, and your comfort. Deuteronomy 6 and 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Demonstrate the word of God in kindness. Dads. Don't be legalistic. Nobody likes the finger-pointing, religious, I told you, don't you know? If they think God's mean, it's because you made him mean. Serve God in kindness. Let them know that you're going to take care of the poor. Whether you feel like it or not, you're going shopping around Christmas time. Take a healthy dollar bill, a bill out of your wallet, not a dollar bill if you can. But let them know and show them, listen, we're going to go put this in the bucket and I want you to go do it. And you're teaching them to give to, to this cause because you're able to give it, but don't give them change to give it. You've just taught them to be cheap. They watch every move. They're amazing. They made them a lot smarter in this last batch. <laughs> they watch everything. Teach your children to care. Just because it's not happening in their neighborhood and their life, teach them to care. They need to understand what's going on in different places. Why do you support a safe house? If you listen to our safe house kids, and especially off camera, I mean, it's amazing what you do by providing for these children. Between 18 and 24, that is that critical time where they're either going to go into the ditch or they're going to make it. And, and we provide a safe haven for them to be able to make it. You need to care about that. And I care about all of our projects. I love them all. But as far as what's in my heart is Yeladim. Not just the safe houses, but all the children. 
Because if we can give them a chance to be somebody, you've changed their life. You need to care about that. And your children, they'll follow you as if, if you care about it, then they'll care about it. Is this helping anyone or I'm just, is this all right? Because sometimes we just need a wake-up call as dads. It's like, is this, you know, all we need to do is work hard and bring home money. And, you know, and that's great, but that's kind of the American lie. Your, 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 your kids want to experience you. And I'm speaking to you, learning from a lot of the things I wished I would have done different. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 7 through 9, you shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk with them when they sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall bind them as a sign on your hands and, and they shall be fontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorpost of your heart and your gate. It's important, and I'll explain it in a minute, it's important that you understand community. See, in Jewish culture, what they're talking about is the Teflon. And that's unique to the Jewish culture for the most part. So you would go into the synagogue and the men would sit on the left and the women are on the right and the men will come in and pray and they'll have their prayer book and they'll pray that, that scripture and they'll take the Teflon and wrap it around their hands, okay? And uh, it has a box on it with, with scripture and there's a box right here and that goes right near to your heart, okay? And that wraps up your arm and then they have one that goes around their head and there's a box right here and... Your left hand is your hand. Your right hand is symbolic of God's hand. So what you're praying is a blessing with this scripture is that our community, the Jewish community, in, in, a, in a synagogue, what we're doing with the Teflon is we're saying is that our hands are wrapped in the word for your purpose. This is the free will hand. The word of God is on the inside of my arm, close to my heart. Let me make decisions from my heart that go to my head. Under the talit. And you're speaking out the blessings. And in every Jewish synagogue, when they do that, you have Jews all over the world saying the same words in the courts of heaven at the same time, even though they don't may understand the term courts of heaven, but they're doing it. That is community. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just saying that's community. That is, in Hebrew, it's kelat. That is a congregation. The congregation has the same focus, the same heart. I want my work to be under the authority. You know, you learn it in Passover. The zoror, the lamb shank, is the right arm of God. So what we want is we dedicate our left side to him where our heart is and our mind, and we ask him to empower it every day. And I know if you've flown to Israel and you see the Jewish men stand up and it, 
you know, it seems strange because that's not your culture and they stand up and get out of Tallit and wrapping all this stuff up and then they go over to the bathroom and they start praying. But you need to know at that time somewhere, Jewish people are prophesying into the courts of heaven God's word in Hebrew. And he's waited on it to be spoken for a lot of years because part of the restoration of Israel was the return of the language. But you need to be not just part of a community, you need to affect the community. Because if you read the prayers, that the rain fall on the just and the unjust alike. So when the synagogue is blessed, so are the neighbors. So you are a blessing to the community. You're not a curse. That's why the enemy attacks synagogues. Because in the demonic realm, they know that a synagogue is a place where people pray in unity on a regular basis. So you need to teach your children to be responsible to their church community, their congregation, and the community at large. You need to care about its needs. Six, fathers should be compassionate and mimic the Father God's heart toward his children. Psalm 103.13, the same way a loving father feels toward his children, that's but a sample of the tender feeling toward us, your beloved children who live in awe of you. Fathers need to carry that compassion and carry that need. Seven, good parents keep their word and demonstrate with their actions what their mouth professes. James 1.22 But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourself. You have to be doers of the word. You need to prioritize your children by sowing. And don't be afraid if you hear something contrary, you need to speak correction to it quickly. I'll give you a real bad example. And Megan probably won't remember this, and I hate to be using her as the example but that's the only one I've got, so there you go. We were in a meeting with some, and I hope you don't remember this, and so maybe I shouldn't even say it, but anyway, uh, a church person was all excited and used some derogatory terms how they, they got the copy machine company to drop the price way down for the church to buy the copy machine. And this particular church person was very excited that he was getting the price down. And, it, and then turned around and said, it was the Lord because we needed to save that money. And I'm just sitting over there boiling. But I had to tell her when we got out in the car, I said, that wasn't God. I said, God's not cheap. And then I had to tell her the term that he used is derogatory and it, God doesn't like you to say that. So that mentality was 
if they got a discount that it was God. I've learned over the years, if God wants you to have something, he'll have balance scales and a fair price. He's not interested in ripping somebody else off. There's no Jehovah ripoff, only Jaira. Okay, but my point is, as a dad, I corrected it right then because those words were there, and I could see that this little girl was kind of shocked by it. Plus, she could tell her dad was wondering, is he going to go back to be where he was before he was saved and say what I really think? But I didn't. Praise God she was there because I probably would have if I was alone. Is this helping anyone? Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Train them. You need to learn how to work with your children. For those of you in business, you have crews. You have to learn how to work with your children. The way you communicate and interact with all the children, it's different. It takes time. I joked about it with, with my granddaughter, but she goes through these, she's different all the time. She's like this, she's, she's growing. But guess what? I go through the same thing with the employees here. They're growing. They're changing. You know, in order to brand an idea into an organization, it takes three years. I don't care how good you are. And we're, we're very good here. We have a great team, very professional. But you can't hurry the process. And your children are the same way. And if you get impatient and you try to force your children into changing, they'll turn against you and resent you. That's what this is saying. Gaines and Sandy know them. They have like 8 million foster children. I'm teasing. How many do you have? 30? 60. Am I telling this right? You're much more qualified. You should be preaching this. So what happens is when you bring people into your life, you need to pray, first of all, Lord, are you bringing these people into my life? And if the Lord says yes, then you need to be patient and not come to quick conclusions because they won't do exactly what you say and do it the way you want. If they're going to be adopted into the culture and the branding, you need to give them about three years. Isn't that terrible? You got three years of when they don't fit in and they just drive you nuts. It's like being a teenager. But that's real life. And the question is this, did God send you the person? And if God sends you the person and because you pray him in, that means you'll stand before God for what you did with that person. That's God's economy. Ephesians 6 and 4, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up, in training and the ammunition of the Lord. 
If you're a leader, you're a father, you need to learn how to pray in the courts of heaven. You need to take the problem to the courts of heaven and before you bring people into your life and into your organization, you need to go into the courts of heaven, go into the book of records, find out what is written and find out if that person's life intersects your life. Instead of experimenting all the time saying, well, let's just try this one and if it doesn't, and then you run them out and you run them out. You need to build long-term relationships, and to build long-term relationships, you have to be patient and long-suffering that that person to adopt to your brand is going to take some time. And for your children, they, they may be an extension of, if you find yourself, I don't know where they get that. They may be an improvement on you. In fact, I'll say it this way, you may be holding them back. Because what's happened is God has blessed your seed, and they're way smarter than you. But the problem is, they don't have the character and the integrity and the experience that you have. So you have to bring that to the table and equip them to be smarter, but to stay humble and loving and kind enough to stay under your covering. Respect and honor is the currency of heaven, but it's earned. It's earned, dads. It's earned. You don't just get it because you pay for everything. Dads demonstrate patience and faith, and they don't give up on their children. Children will walk away. It happens. But we have a great story in the Bible that teaches us while they walk away, we still cover them in the courts. There's people who have walked away from this house. I still pray for them. You don't give up on your children. Because the Lord doesn't give up on you. So you have to model that to your children. And if the children see that you're doing that, they'll trust God. So let's look at a familiar story, dads, in Luke 15 and 20. So a young son set out from the home from a long distance away, and his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and a great compassion swelled up in his heart. For his son who was returning home. Why? Because he kept his son in his heart. It won't swell up if you take it off and you get angry and you're cursing him with words. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arm, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said to the father, I was wrong. You can't force deliverance. Deliverance is when the Holy Spirit with fire visits an individual and they know they're wrong and they don't apologize, they repent. And repentance is turning and changing from the bad behavior, not apologizing. I have sinned against you, 
Wow. Honor your father and your mother that you might have long life. They have to be able to admit they sinned against you and God. You know, the word says, touch not the Lord's anointed. That's not just spiritual leaders. For children, that's your mom and dad. They're your leaders. I could never deserve to be called your son, just like me be. And the father interrupted and said, son, you're home now. That's what happened in the pool. Many people came home. It's a strange thing. The Lord told me, he says, I, I, I went in the pool a little bit, but the Lord said, I want you just to hug the people and release the Father's blessing. I've never hugged so many people in one day in my whole life. <laughs> now, I'm thinking, you know, it looked like that's pretty tiring, hung, hugging 600 plus people. But some of the words that they said were so kind and so encouraging that as the words came and as I was actually being energized. Because people need love. People need to know someone cares and is covering them. God doesn't give you authority to cover yourself. He gives you authority to cover everything he called you to do. I need to preach on spiritual covering sometime because if you understand it, you would stay under it. That's a fine line to stay under the covering. I don't have time to teach it. But try to keep your children under the covering. Verse 22, turning to his servant, the father said, Quickly, bring me the best robe, my very own talit. Bring my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. There's no reconciliation. Either he said, I'm wrong, and he's welcome back. Why? Because the father had already done all the work in the courts of heaven to clean up the son. That's why he came back. The father was the intercessor. The father knows the son, it's his seed. He knows the weakness, the same weakness in the dad's in the son. So this father knows how to intercede better than anybody. Bring the ring, which is bring the credit card and the seal of sonship and put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes, authority, that you can find for my son. My son. I like that the way Robert Henderson was telling us. I don't know if he mentioned it here or not. He may, I don't, but I know he mentioned it to us on the airplane. How the Lord told him when he speaks about President Trump to call him my president, Donald J. Trump. So when he's speaking in the courts, he's saying my president, not the president. I like that. And I'm looking down here and I'm thinking, there it is, my son. Take ownership of your children. 
They're a gift from God. Foster, adopted, biological, doesn't make any difference. They're your children. And for the pastors that are watching, that core flock that he sent you, they're, his, they're, they're your children, even their older ones. You're covering them, they're children, your children. He says, everyone celebrate with overflowing joy. Verse 23, let's prepare a great feast, celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, trespasses of sin, the wages of sin is death, and he's now alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found, and everyone celebrated the overflow of joy. And I'll close with fathers pray for and intercede for their children, decreeing and speaking out their future. It's critical. That means you need to go to the Lord. You need to spend quiet time. Who is this child? What is he to do? And I'm the father. What, Lord, would you have me speak over this child? And you need to speak it out in the courts. You need to fuel the courts because the accuser of the brethren, the antidecos is coming in to fuel the opposite. But nobody like dad can fuel the courts. I know it's Father's Day and, and, and I know mothers have a heart and mothers pray. And I'm, but I'm trying to encourage the dads right now. Because in our culture so many times the men, well the women do the praying. The women do need to pray, and the women need to decree. But it's great when the fathers do it, and it's even better when you do it together. Dads, I want to encourage you to take your place. You know, it's so good to have a download of what your child is and who they are so that you can start to speak into it, and that's why you don't have to worry about them experimenting. They're experimenting because they don't know who they are. If they know who they are and what they're called to do, they don't have to waste time experimenting. Well, maybe some kids do, some don't. Well, if the prayed over kids do, because if it's written in the courts, then there's angels assigned to their life every day to keep them in the center of the road. And the reason they drift is because of lack of knowledge and a lack of prayer. Come on. Just because it didn't work out the way you wanted, there's, there's got to be a time when there's a shift. And if I would challenge the men with anything, take responsibility over your children and your grandchildren because you will stand before the Father God with what you did with them. And it's not what you provided. It's like, who were you, who were you to them? And we're going to close now so I can have the worship team if you'd come back up, Megan. First Chronicles 29 and 19. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimony and your statutes to do all these things 
and to build the temple for which I have made provision. That's my prayer, and that's my blessing for every father in this house. So I'm going to ask that every father in this house stand, if you would. And I didn't ask him this, but I hope it's okay. But I'm going to ask Pastor Tim if you'd come down right here. Pastor Tim was very blessed to be raised by a very godly father. I had a great dad, a great biological father, but not very godly. Pastor Tim was raised with purpose. He was raised on the Word of God. His father was a a great Bible teacher. His lineage is in Topeka, Kansas in the Azusa Revival. He's a great father. I know Brian in the courts of heaven would agree. So I'm going to ask him to release a blessing to you from that lineage, second generation, having godly father, He's going to release it to you. And you can release it however you want. You can grab their hands, hug them. It's up to you, Pastor. But what he's going to release to you while the worship team goes is we want to agree. Let's give all of our sons in this house, Pastor, the loyal heart to keep the commandments of God. You can't legislate righteousness. It has to come from your heart. We release that in fire today, and we release that to those online. And we release the testimonies and the statutes, which means the instruction and the understanding of the instruction and the wisdom to do all things, not just spiritual things, but practical things. To build the temple, obviously this is speaking about the actual temple, but to build the temple your temple, and your children. We have the Holy Ghost. We are the temples of the living God. Amen? And I'm going to ask at this time, as, as the men come down and, and as we worship, I want all the women that feel led, I want you just to come down to these altars here and I want you to pray over these fathers. I want you to release a blessing in the courts. Say, Lord, thank you for these fathers. Thank you, Lord. Don't, don't, don't say anything like change them or anything. Just speak thanksgiving for godly men. Thank you that they're bold enough to stand for Christ and come down here and make a commitment and receive a blessing from the pastor to say, I'm going to be a If you're coming down, you need to decide that you want to make... You're making a public witness. This is a trading floor here. I don't have time to explain it. This is a portal. This is a trading floor. And you're trading in the old way of doing it for the new way. And pastor is the pastor of this house. And he's the one with the godly heritage. And he's going to release that anointing to you, an impartation, to have the heart of the Father 
and the anointing to build temples and a desire to walk according to commandment and instruction. The commandment and instruction is not legalism. It is your friend. Lord, let your anointing fall on us that we love your instruction more than life. Lord, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that you have left us the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we'd be lost without it. And as I think of the poor people in China that are watching tonight who have to memorize and die for one page of Scripture out of the Bible, oh Lord, let us treasure your word more than silver and more than gold. Let us treasure your ways. Lord, we lift up the fathers in this house. And I ask that you touch us and transform us tonight in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. So let's worship. If the moms and the ladies, if you come down. Fathers, all of you that want this blessing, come down. Let Pastor Tim release it to you as we worship. fact that the Father loved us so much that he sent your Son to redeem us and to call us, to separate us, Lord, from our sins. And Lord, tonight I'm humbled by the hearts that I see before me. Lord, hearts that are being changed. And Lord, new hearts that are being given. Lord, your promises is that you would send your word and that you would write it upon the tablets of our heart. So, Father, we thank you tonight for the anointing that is flowing in the house, that the word of God is becoming alive. 
And Lord, it's transforming us into new creatures, into the likeness of our Father. And Lord, I thank you tonight that these men that have come forward, Lord, may the anointing of the Father's love be imparted unto them. May the power of your Spirit, Lord, flow. Father, I pray that you would give them new eyes to see and new ears to hear. Father, that we could begin to resemble what we have witnessed in the pages of your book, the power of your love for a world that a lot of the times is hard to love, but Lord, you have went the extra mile and you have loved. And Lord, you have redeemed and you have called us and you have restored us. Father, I thank you that tonight, each and every one of these that are here in this house and those who are online, that our fathers, no matter how young or how old, Father, I thank you that this gift that comes from you, Lord, is an impartation of the Spirit. And Lord, as I was given that privilege, I pray, Lord, for each and one of these tonight, Lord, that they would receive the same privilege, Lord, of recognizing not only our earthly father, but the heavenly father. The inheritance that was given. Father, we thank you for the godly inheritance that comes from above. Lord, that does change families. It does change individuals' lives. It does change homes. It does change destinies. And Father, we call forth that anointing upon these men. Lord, that they will be the husbands that they need to be. They will be the fathers they need to be. They will be the leaders in their homes. And most importantly, Lord, they will be the leaders in the congregation. Lord, that represents in this world the love of the Father that is being poured out and shed abroad. Father, we thank you for that anointing. We thank you, Lord, that it reaches and goes through generations, Lord, and that it will continue. Lord, we pray that anointing. We release that anointing. May it rest upon us. May we walk in it. May we take joy in it. May we demonstrate it in Yeshua's name. And if you're in agreement and you would say, I receive this. Gift from, the Father, gift from the Father to share with everyone, share with everyone. I, come in contact with. I come in contact with. In Yeshua's name we pray. Name we pray. Amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. I'll take that mic, Pastor Tim. If you either just lay hands on them, just put your hand on their head, release it, just a point of agreement. Just receive it. The reason children are arrows in your quiver is because they're your testimony. And we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. May all of your arrows be empowered. May we receive a fresh start with all of them. What happened in the, the Shavuot, I can't explain it. Just know it was big. We're different. We're new. Just receive that. New doors, 
new opportunities. Now, if you just raise your hands, I want you to receive that transfer of wealth. You need it for what you're called to do. Just receive it. Receive that transfer of wealth right now. All you're doing is you're putting your hands in the courts and saying, Lord, I receive it. It means you're going to be trustworthy. Thank you, Lord. For each one online, let them thank you, Lord. All the CLM partners, so generous to this house. We love you and we honor you. Now just receive that. Receive that fresh, fresh anointing for the transfer of wealth. Lord, I, I speak debt cancellation. Some of you need stocks to go up. Let the stocks go up. Some of you need properties to transfer. Let them sell now. Everything that, any kind of log jam there is, Lord, we just speak to it. It's gonna, it's gonna move now. It's gonna move now. It's gonna move now. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't ask them for it anymore. Just thank them. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm taking it off the prayer list. I thank you. It's done. In the courts tonight, it is done. It is finished. Thank you, Lord. If it comes up in your heart again, just say, thank you, Lord. I put you into remembrance of what happened tonight. It's done now. It's done. It's done. It's done. Just receive it. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap for tonight. Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to uh, be blessed, the Lord, with our offerings. And uh, Dwayne and Max have envelopes if you need an envelope. If you don't have money or something, ask the person next to you to give you some so you can give. They may tell you no, but who knows? They may say yes. But you can text to sow in this house, SOW51555. You can give securely right now. And online, you can sow into this wonderful message tonight. And I want to encourage you uh, to uh, don't dine and dash. How many know what that means? When we were kids in the city, we'd, we'd dine and dash. We'd go in some place and eat, and then one kid would go this way, that way, and We'd run out in the street, and then usually the dishwasher or somebody would chase us down, and our parents would have to come and pay for the dinner. But a lot of times the Lord will bring food like he did tonight, and he'll give you a wonderful meal like off this menu. And it's good to say, Lord, thank you that I, I'm going to put my seed with my faith. I can tell you what he just released tonight can change families. So go ahead and sow tonight. Give securely online, SOW51555. A lot of times people say, well, I'm only giving $5. I'm only giving 10 With as many people as watching this, these programs, if, if you just give 5 or $10, uh, we could take the world. Don't despise the time of small beginnings. We are so blessed as a network to have so much free air time, which is a gift. And we thank the Lord for it. But we'd like to be able to purchase even more. 
if the Lord is Lord's willing. And when he's willing, it will, of course, it will show up and it may show up through you. So pray for us as we pray for you. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to stand and I'm going to pray over your offering. Your seed has a voice. You want your seed to be speaking on your behalf in the courts. So everything that you decreed in the courts and everything that came out of the books spiritually and now is alive in you, you want this seed to be speaking for you. So let's just make this decree. Father God, we come into the courts of record and let it be recorded in the court of mercy that this seed is in agreement with all that you imparted to me tonight and my family. I thank you, Lord. All generational iniquitous structures in my bloodline all the way back to the garden has been erased tonight and there's new authority for fatherhood and motherhood and parenting. Lord, you do not transfer wealth without structure and the structure starts in the family. My family is blessed of God. We tithe we bring offerings and special offerings three times a year. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. In the books of heaven and the books of record, we have an A plus rating because we follow God's ways. And Lord, we are available to be exceedingly abundant above all we could ask or think. And we received the commissioning as king's priests for the great transfer of wealth with the Father's heart on Father's Day. It's sealed in Yeshua's name. Now what just happened very calmly is the actual transfer of wealth the camels, the gimels, it just happened just now. And I want you to understand why. And I look at like Craig and Paul and some of my younger ones. It happened because first of all, it's God's timing, but God loves the family structure that's biblical. And I know the world is against it, but God loves it. And so what you're gonna see in this transfer of wealth is you're gonna see things that are in alignment with God's structure according to his word, and it's gonna prosper, particularly over this next 10 year season of time, you're going to see the righteous prosper. The righteous have had wrath come against them because we had too much mixture, but he's taking it out, he's healing up his remnant and the remnant, and you're gonna see major transfers of wealth. And uh, it, but it just, it actually, the actual release of it came tonight. And I'm prophesying to you, and who would have ever thought it would have been on this Father's Day? But that's when the Pensacola revival started. So it just happened. So look at your neighbor and say, You're glad you came. And look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I watched. So go ahead, text to sew, even if it's $5 or. 
$50, it doesn't matter. Have seed in the ground. Let your seat speak well of you. Let's go out and praise. Please hug two or three peoples next. We'll see you next Wednesday. Shabbat Shalom. We love you. We're praying for you. And uh, enjoy this weekend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.